Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for this great blessing, this great opportunity that you have given us to gather at your feet to hear your word. What a blessing, oh Lord. Father, we pray that you speak to us this evening. As we have gathered, let us not leave the same as we came. We pray, Spirit of God, that you have your way amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, I, um, I want us to continue with our series of messages that we've been sharing on the call. The call. Have you been blessed by this message? Yes. You had a recap on this message. And I believe you are blessed. Thank God. Wonderful. So we are talking about the call. And so far we have been talking about the characteristics of called people. The nature, the characteristics of people who have been called by God. And I believe that um, we are learning a lot and we are including ourselves in the people that God has called. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. We read a scripture, I, I believe it's um, a scripture that captures and explains to us why we should include ourselves and why we should not look at the criteria that is used by man to include us in the call of God. It is called the call of God. It is the call of God, not the call of man. Amen. It is not man who calls you to do the work of God. Amen. If you are offered an opportunity to do the work of God, understand that this is a call of God upon your life. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. And so we, we do not use the criteria that man will use to include people in the work of the ministry or in doing anything for God. We do not use criteria of man. We don't go by man's assessment that according to A, B, C, and D, you qualify. That is man's assessment. But we, we go by what God uses. Amen. And we can tell how God chooses by looking at the people that he has chosen to do his work. Amen. Do you understand? Yes. So why don't we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 once again. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse number 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, For ye see your calling. You see your calling, brethren. It's like brothers and sisters. You see your calling. This is amongst called people. And it's saying, For you see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many wise men after the flesh, means not many wise men by the choices of man or by man's criteria, how man defines wise. You, it means that when you look at people who are called, you will not find so many 
that can be defined as wise by man's criteria. Does it make sense? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I am not saying that wise people are not chosen. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that man's definition of wise, you will not find it amongst the people who are called. No, do you understand it? He says, not many wise, not many wise, he says, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. When you go by man's criteria, you won't find a lot of noble people. You will not find a lot of mighty people. You know, preaching is not considered a mighty thing. Do you understand? By man's criteria. When you, are, when you gather intellectuals, university graduates, CEOs, and doctors, and lawyers, and supervisors, managers, big, big people, when you gather them together, and we are talking about mighty people, they are not talking about pastors. They are not talking about preachers. And is isn't also. They are not talking about preachers. They are not talking about pastors. They are not mighty. Do you understand? And so by man's criteria, you will not find a lot of mighty people chosen to do the work of God. Not many noble according to man's criteria. And then verse 27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. The foolish things of the world. Do you understand? They are foolish of the world. Not foolish in heaven. Not foolish spiritually. But the foolish things of the world. So we are not saying that only foolish people are preaching. But to the world, only foolish people are preaching. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing? To the, in the world's viewpoint, foolish people who did not do well in life, who, do, who, who, who were not successful in other things, they are the ones that resort to preaching and church and, you know, people who are not successful, hungry people, people who, beggars, needy people, they are the ones that you find them in church. But people who are about real life and about serious things, you don't find them in church. Do you understand? On Sunday, they'll go for golfing to meet people, wonderful people, great people. Amen. That is why you'll be, on the, um, you'll be in the um, waterfall and a snake will come around your neck. As you are relaxing, and waterfall, and then you have a, a viper around your neck. He says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So, when presidents gather, do you understand? When senators gather, when political leaders gather, you will see that someone who does not have schoolmates, that one, someone who does not have classmates, is standing before them and telling them, stand up, sit down, lift up your hands, close your eyes. And they wonder, they don't understand. When they come to find out that this person does not even have classmates, they wonder how he got the opportunity to stand before us, to order us to stand and sit and do all kinds of close your eyes, kneel down, and come and then I'll pour oil on you and all kinds of things. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing? Yeah. So he says he has used the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Huge buildings with Columns, mighty columns. And then someone of that nature is standing in there and ordering them. Do you understand? And praying for them. The next verse, it says, 
and base things of the world. Base things. The things that the world will walk over. Base things of the world. And things which are despised. Things which are despised. Things that men despise. When you feel that, see, preaching is despised. Witnessing is despised. When you try to witness to someone and they despise you and they don't want to see you, they don't want to meet you, understand that God has called you. That is a calling. That is an indication that God has called you. When you feel despised, when people belittle you, when people treat you as nobody because you didn't go to a certain school or you, didn't, you, you, you don't have a certain degree and men despise you, they are not counting you, they are not choosing you to be among... Understand that that is indication that you are called. You are called. You are called. When you don't have certain kind of job. Do you understand? You don't have certain kind of job. You don't have, you don't, you don't have a certain kind of passport. Or you don't have a certain kind of skin color. And so you are despised. It's a sign that God has called you. It's a sign that God has called you. He says that, and God has chosen, he says, and he says, and based things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen. These are the things that God has chosen. Despised. These are the things that God has chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are. And the reason, the reason for that is that so that, he says that so that no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh will glory in his presence. So you see, this scripture explains a lot to us why we are part of this calling, why we are included. Amen. Amen. Why you are included. Hallelujah. Why you are included. So we went, we went through a list of characteristics of people that God has chosen. And number one, what did we say? God calls failures. God calls failures. God calls people who have failed in things. And number two, God calls unworthy people. Unworthy people. People who are unworthy, God calls them. Number three, God calls people who have been rejected. Wow. People who have been rejected. People who have been rejected. Those are the kind of people God calls. It's a sign that you are called. When men reject you, when men refuse you, when men do not accept you, it's a sign. It's a high sign that you are called. A sign that you are called. People who have been rejected. Hallelujah. What kind of people again? God calls people who are not believable. People who are not believable. People don't believe you. Sometimes because of your past. Do you understand? Because of your past. People people do not believe you. Because of because of your lies, because of your cheating, because you have stolen things before. Do you understand? People do not believe you. Some of you, the way you like money, you see, or the way you used to like money, you know, some of you, when you were, when you were in school, your classmates knew that you are business-oriented. Everything to you was about money. You know, you, I didn't come to school and my notes, can you lend me your notes? You want money. You know, and somebody is trying to take your pen. You say, I bought this for this. You want money for it. You know, everything to you was like money. You know, you, you can even buy shirts or buy dresses and come on campus or come to school and sell to people. Once you are a student, you intentionally buy a lot of... Um, milk and all kinds of things and then you hide them at the end of the school term 
when people have run dry and they are hungry in the night, you say, do you, can you lend me a can of milk? You say, oh, you don't need to, I will sell it to you. Double price. You know, and all kinds of things. <laughs> so you see, people know you as someone who likes money. So if you are standing and you say, now you are a preacher, they don't believe, they say, oh, you want, it's about money. That is a sign that you are called. It's a sign that you are called. The fact that God put you through a situation where you are not believable and now he has called you is a high sign that you are called. Amen. There are some people they say they will not join this group of churches or this kind of church because oh, this kind of people from this place, they are all about money. You see, God calls people who are not believable. People who are not believable. Amen. Amen. People who are not believable. What else? What is the next one? God calls people with inferiority complex. People who have low perception of themselves. Amen. People who don't hold themselves highly. People who don't themselves think they are important with inferiority complex. Sometimes because of the kind of school you went to or the kind of work you do or the way you talk or the place you come from. Do you understand? And that it makes you, even you feel you have a complex. You, are, you feel inferior. But that is a sign that God has called you. That is a sign that God has called you. You know, I hope you understand what I'm sharing with you. That you went to a particular school or you have a particular job or what you don't have, for that reason, God has called you in particular. You in particular. Do you understand? So that you have that complex and it's a sign that God has called you. That you even going through that situation that brought that complex about you was ordained by God to make you have that complex and to be called so that no man can glory in his presence. Amen. Amen. So God calls people with inferiority complex. God calls people with inferiority complex. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. And um, Did we, did we go on to share more? So we ended with inferiority complex. Isn't that so? Yes. Inferiority complex sometimes can make you exclude yourself from the call of God. To exclude yourself from the call of God. And God is not happy that any of these things will make you exclude yourself. Do you understand? Because he made you Go through that path for the calling. For the calling. Amen. Don't you know that God made Moses the way he was? And that God had plans for Moses' life? Look how he preserved him. Amen. He preserved him. When boys his age were being killed, God preserved him. And he came up and grew to be the kind of person he is. For that purpose. For the calling. So you cannot exclude yourself. And make excuses. Because you have an inferiority complex. Because people don't value you. As an important person. Do you understand? Remember it is not the call of man. It is God that is calling you. Hallelujah. Well let us continue. The next one, God calls people who have failed at earlier attempt at ministry. God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts at ministry. Amen. God calls people who have failed. Failed at trying to be a good Christian. Some of you, you make efforts beginning of the year, you want to, you make certain resolutions. 
after our watch night, you come up with certain resolutions to be a serious Christian, committed Christians, and you find yourself at the end of the year making the same resolution, and you feel very let down of yourself. You feel you have failed. You are the kind of person that God calls. Amen. You started an area fellowship, and it didn't work. It failed totally. God has called you. I said, God has called you. Amen. Amen. God has called you. That should not make you stop because you failed at previous attempts. You are a called person. God has called you. Hallelujah. You try singing TSA and it didn't work. It didn't work and you went home and sometimes you, as you were coming, you gave your phone to your friend to record. And then you went home and you look at it, you listen to it. And you are angry at yourself. You say, in fact, you know, why did I even bother to go and do this? You are called. I say, you are called. Such a person, you are called. Like, what was wrong with me? When I came there, to, what was wrong with me? You are hung. And then you look at your phone, look. Even look at my lips. Look, look. You are angry at yourself. And then you are, talking to some, you are talking to yourself as if you are talking to somebody. So what was he doing? What was he, look. And then you are angry. You have failed. But God calls people who have failed at previous attempts. You have failed at previous attempts. Amen. You join the prayer warriors. You want to be a prayer warrior because you want to improve your prayer life. You want to improve, you join a prayer warrior. Every 5 a.m., you, you, you wake up and it's at 5.45. You say, oh, oh. Then you are angry at yourself. Ah, when was it 5 a.m.? You don't even remember that the alarm went off. 5 a.m. And then you set three alarms for the next morning. Three alarms. 501, 502, 503. You can't miss it. And then you hit all of them off, 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 and you slept. Then you say, this prayer warrior thing is not working for me. And then you, you are called. I say you are called. Such a person, you are called. You are called. Amen. You are called. You are called. Hallelujah. You are called. Amen. They say we are going for evangelism. And throughout the month, not one person. People are coming and say, oh, this person gave their life to Christ. The souls are being one. Oh, we want this person. They invited this person. We did this. Everyone you met, they snubbed you. They ignored you. You gave even track, even track. Not one person will take from you. Two homeless people took the track from you. And then you watch them as they are going. They reach the next garbage can and they drop it. You are very disappointed. I say you are called. You are called. Failed attempts. Failed at earlier attempts. You are called. Amen. Your previous failure is indication that God has called you. Hallelujah. I said your previous failure is indication that God has called you. Your, your failure, what you have failed at, is indication that God is trying to get your attention. Amen. That you feel you have failed is an indication that God is trying to get your attention. Amen. When you feel like giving up because of previous attempts that you failed, wake up and realize that God is getting your attention. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Moses tried leadership skills and failed. Hallelujah. He tried leadership skills and failed. But God did not stop. God was getting his attention. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? God was getting his attention. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, this is when finally they have accepted the call 
And they said, okay, we have seen the miracles. God has shown them. God has given. He says, wow. Okay, so they went and they came. He says, and afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, that saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? <laughs> it's amazing. He, look at the big introduction. That saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. And then Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Wow. And they said, the God of Hebrews hath met with us face to face. This is not ordinary calling. The God of Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go. We pray thee three days. Three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Lest he fall upon us with a pestilence or with a sword. Now, Moses felt so let down that he was at even begging Pharaoh, let us go. Please. <laughs> it will be embarrassing. And this God, he will fall upon us with a pestilence. You just let us go. So we feel that, you know, he has called us and we went. And it worked. You let us go. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? You go even do your work. Your burden that is upon you, go and do them. Someone who has been called, they say, go and do your security. Do you understand? You are preaching, and they say, go and do your banking. Go and do your nursing. This is not for you. Don't you see people who are called for the ministry work? Don't, can't you see them? The way they talk, the way they walk, the way they pray, even the way they pray. Don't you hear their voices when they are talking? Go and get on to your burdens. Verse 6. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick, as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish out thereof. That means the same number of bricks that they make, we are not cutting it down. We are giving them more burden, more work. For they be idle. They are lazy. They have nothing to do. Look, they have traveled far and they have come to this country to work and they are lazy. They have nothing to do. Church, church, church. Because they have nothing to do. There's nothing on their minds. They are not serious. He says they, they be idle. Therefore they cry saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. When they are busy and they are tired, they come home, they will just sleep. They'll be too tired. They'll be too tired. I hope you are learning something. I hope you are learning something. What was God's plan for these people? To bring them to the promised land. Do you understand? Plan of peace, not of evil. To bless them. To give them abundance. Kofi, so when you make a decision that you are coming to church, now weekday service, you are coming. You are coming for prayer meetings. You are doing this. You are coming for this. You are doing this. And then you start seeing that now your boss is rising up, having difficulty with your job, doing this, making things hard for you. Things are not working. Understand, understand that it is the plan of God to bless you. Amen. And the enemy who does not want you to serve God 
will bring up things that will occupy you such that you cannot serve God. Such that you cannot serve God. But your eyes will be open to rise up above that and say, yes, I know that I used to, I used to type 10 letters, but now since I began, since I started, I made a decision to come for weekday service. I don't know where it came from. My boss is giving me hard time. Now he's giving me 15, 20 letters to type on Tuesdays. Rise up. Maybe go to work early to complete those 20 letters so that you can still come for Tuesday service. Because it's the enemy's work. That, oh, he's not tired. He's not tired. That's why Tuesday evening he's still going to church. Give him more work. Make more work for him. The school work is not as much. Give him more papers to write. Give him more chapters to read. Let him read more chapters. God is planning to take you to a promised land. The enemy will bring up things, mountains your way so that you cannot cross over. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So verse, the next verse, it says, let the more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein and let them not regard vain words. Like I want to serve God and I want to do a vain words. Make them tired. They will not be thinking of these vain things. Like God, God, God. Amen. Amen. So look at this. So now the people, the leaders, people who are called. And you are a leader and you think you are going to liberate the people. You, because of your leadership, they are going to have better life. Since you came... Now their lives are worse. You are, you, and you feel that this is, this is not the call of God. This is not the call of God. That is how you feel. Amen. Amen. That is how you feel. The condition became worse just after Moses accepted the call and said, now okay, we are going. We go to Pharaoh. And so look at verse 22. Verse 22. It says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated these people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? Do you see? Do you feel like a person who is called? He feels he is not called at all. Why did you send me? Why? It's very discouraged. Why did you send me? He said, why did you send me? Verse 23. He said, for since I came to Pharaoh, since I accepted and I felt that this is really a great call, and I accepted it, Nancy, and I came to Pharaoh, since the day, since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, the call of God, he had done evil to these people. Since I came in, their lives were better before I came in. He said, he has done evil to these people. Neither has thou delivered thy people at all. So what shows that I am called? The lives of the people are worse. So what shows that I am called? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Chapter 20, chapter 6. Then the Lord said unto Moses, listen very carefully. This is Moses come back after the failed attempt trying to be a leader, trying to represent the people, trying to speak on behalf of the people, accepted the call of God. He comes back disappointed, let down, failed totally. Complaining to the Lord. This is the feeling that Moses was in and the state of mind that Moses was in as he felt himself as failed totally. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now, now, he says, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. Now. Now that you feel this way. Now that you feel rejected. Now that you feel failed. 
Now that you feel that Pharaoh does not listen to you, now is when you are going to see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, look at, you, you listen very carefully what we are reading. Because you see, when you are at your lowest point, at an attempt that you made and you failed totally, you are about to experience God in a way that others have not even experienced him. If only you will continue and persist. That is the word I'm looking for. If only you will persist. He says, now shall thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go. With a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. Verse 2. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I am the Lord. He says, I am the Lord. Verse 3. And I appeared unto Abraham. I want you to listen very carefully. The great revelation that is coming to Moses at a time that he felt so disappointed, so discouraged. At a time where he felt like he was not called at all. So let down. He says, he says, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But my name Jehovah was I not known to them. I have not revealed this name to anyone. But in this state, the way you feel now. He says, he says, he has not chosen, he says, you know your calling. How that not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise. But God has chosen the despised. When you are at your most despised state, because at this stage, Moses is despised among the people. The people don't like him. Do you understand? I am sharing something very important to you. You see, some of you may be selected to be leaders, to be ministry leaders, and the people will despise you. The people don't like you. They're doing all kinds of things to you despisefully. Understand that that is the moment God has called you mightily, about to reveal something to you that he has not revealed to great people that were before you. He says, I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by the name Jehovah, I was not known to them. I was not known to them. Amen. I was not known to them. It is in your most despised state, in your most rejected, failed and disappointed state, when you remain, you are going to experience God in a very mighty way. Hallelujah. We are talking about the call of God. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? The next one, God calls people who are not eloquent. God calls people who are not eloquent. How many of you are eloquent? God calls people who are not eloquent. Exodus chapter 4. And verse 10. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. You know, it's like somebody asks you to do something. And you say, Oh, couldn't you find anything serious? Couldn't you find anyone better? Oh my Lord. It's like you think the person is laughing at you. Do you understand? He says, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Moses was putting it in a very nice way of his way of speaking. 
He said, I'm of slow tongue. Do you understand? I'm not one of those who, when they are talking, it just flows like that. Sometimes I just, one word, it would take me like one yard just to get one word out. Can you imagine a preacher like that? You see, you exclude yourself. You think that you are not called. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I cannot speak well. I can't speak like this person. I can't speak like that person. My English is not as good. My grammar is not good. My accent is not good. When I speak, the people cannot even understand. There are a lot of there are a lot of bullets when I begin to speak. <laughs> Amen. You see, when you are feeling these things, when you are experiencing these things, I want you to understand that you are called. You are called. You are called. Mightily called. Amen. You know, having an accent, having an accent is a factor or dependent on the people who are around you. Do you understand? When we say, you know, when we say you have an accent, when someone, when someone from England, what language do they speak? They speak English. Isn't that so? And when a person from England comes to America, they say he has an accent. But when he's, he's speaking English, but when he's, he's in England, they don't think he has an accent. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But when he is in England, when he's in America, they say he has an accent. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is because of the men or the people who are around him or around her that creates your accent. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it is the people around that makes you have an accent. It is the people around that makes you say, I have an accent. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when you are among your countrymen and you are speaking, it is okay. But when you are among certain people and you begin to speak, they say, what? Pardon? What did you mean? What? Oh, you meant this? And then they will say, oh, you meant schedule. And then you say, schedule, schedule, schedule. <laughs> and then they keep asking, what is schedule? What is schedule? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, you go to somebody's house, they give you drink, and you say, They give you drink, and you say, Can I have ice block? Can I have ice block? <laughs> you see, so the people that are around you makes you have an accent. The people that surround you makes you have an accent. Amen. So you realize that excluding yourself from the call of God becomes a dependent on men. Becomes a dependent on men. 
So for you to say, I have an accent and I don't feel comfortable preaching to this group of people, it's because of men that are around. It's because of the people that are around. And that is why it is not a call of men. That is why your accent should not exclude you because it is the people that makes you have an accent. And as far as the people are concerned, you are not included. You cannot minister to them. But it is a call of God. And so for you to say, I am not eloquent. My grammar is not that proper. My English is not that great. And I can't speak fluently. And I stutter. It's not a criteria to exclude yourself. Because it is not a call of men. It's not a call of men. Amen. It's not a call of men. That is why you will stand before the people and you will say, eyes block. And the people have not heard it before, but they will understand. I am telling you that they will understand. Because the Holy Spirit will interpret. It is not a call of God. A call of man. It is the call of God. He will interpret it for them. It is not your word. They will understand what you are saying. That is why someone from Kolegono can go to Philippines and will preach to them and give windows from Kolegono and the people understand. And you, you will get to a point where you say, hey! And, and all the people, Indians, they are all saying, hey! And you, you say, what a shock! And then Indians and, and South Africans and everyone is going, what a shock! They come to understand what it means. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you begin to say, then you go to a place, you say, Orangus. Now everyone understands, because you see, it is, it, is, it, it is not a call of man. It is not a call of man. The Holy Spirit will bring meaning and understanding to the people. Hallelujah. You, you say you are not eloquent. The reason why you are saying you are not eloquent is because you are comparing the way you speak to the way other men speak. And that is why you are excluding yourself. And so you are excluding yourself by man's criteria. And it's not a call of man. Hallelujah. And it's not a call of man. Amen. It's not a call of man. Let us do one more and then... Um, Number eight. Is it number eight? God calls young people. God calls young people. Are you including yourself in the call of God? We are eliminating. Moses is doing us a great favor. God selected Moses to have all the things that we can find to exclude ourselves. And he's using him to include us in this great call. God calls young people. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. And um, verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee and ordain thee 
a prophet unto the nations. Hallelujah. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Hallelujah. God is saying before he formed you, before he formed you, he knew you. Before God formed you, before you were conceived in the belly, God says he knew you. Ellen, he knew you. He knew how you were going to come. He knew how you were going to turn out. And if he knew you, it means that he had plans for you already. Isn't that so? It means God had plans for you. And he knew you. So no matter how you enter into this world, no matter how you enter into this world, is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Whether you enter into this world through two white people or through two black people or through a white person and a black person, whether you entered into this world through fornication, through adultery, whether you entered into this person, whether you entered into this world, in any form, God knew you. God knew you. And so it doesn't matter how you enter into this form. Whether you entered as a black person, as a white person, whether you entered as a blue-black or you half-half, however you entered into this person, God knew you and he had plans for you already. You see, that is why in the church, we, 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 any child that is born in the child, no matter how the child is born, as far as God is concerned, God had plans for that child. That child, no matter how that child entered, God had plan. Do you understand? If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, I am not encouraging fornication, and I'm not encouraging all kinds of adultery and all kinds of things. I'm not encouraging that. But what I'm trying to tell you is that you as a person, no matter how you came to be in this world, God said, before you were formed in the womb, every person that comes into this world is formed in the womb. Isn't that so? Everyone is formed. Even Jesus was formed in the womb. So everyone that enters into this world is formed in the womb. And God is saying, before you are even conceived in the womb, before you, are, you, you enter, before you were conceived, he knew you. He knew who you were going to be. And if he knew you, it means that he had certain plans to have formed you already. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? And then he said, and before thou, no, 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 don't rush the scripture. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee and ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Wow. It means that God sanctified. Do you understand what is sanctified? What does it mean? Set apart. Before you were born, before you were born, before you came out of the womb, God has sanctified you. God has set you apart. God has set you, made you special. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He has sanctified you and he has ordained you. Ordained you a prophet. Ordain you a prophet unto the nations. Before you were, before you were born. So if you, before you were born, you were ordained as a prophet. And you were born a little baby. Does that change? Does that change until you become a grown up? Does that change until you form beard, white beard and mustache? And your hair is all of, does that change? Because you are a baby. He says, before you were formed, he knew you. And before you were born, he has set you apart and he has ordained you a prophet. Hallelujah. So if you see, you see someone, someone running around and going back and forth and not serious and joking and, and suddenly the person is encouraged and the person is 
brought forth and the person is chosen and the person becomes a leader and you begin to despise the person, you are despising what God has ordained and what God has set aside even before he was born. But you are looking at, oh, he's too young. How can he be? He's not that old. He's, not, he's, he's too young. You are, you are despising something great that God has ordained. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it means that as young a person as the person is, he's still an ordained prophet. As the person is growing, he's still an ordained prophet. When the person is 12 years old, he's still an ordained prophet. When the person is 20 years old, he's still an ordained prophet. So if you see that 20 year old amongst 50 year olds and 45 year olds and 80 year olds and he's standing in front of them, you may despise the person and disrespect the person. But before the person was formed, he has been ordained, sanctified, a prophet. You don't understand what I'm sharing with you. Hallelujah. You should never disrespect anyone who becomes a leader. Anyone who becomes a leader or a leader in the house of God or a minister. You should never despise anyone like that. And think that, oh, he's too young. Or he's too this. Why is he too young? Because if you were ordained a prophet, even before you were born, as you are a toddler, you are an ordained prophet. As you are growing up, eight-year-old, you are an ordained prophet. Fifteen-year-old, you are an ordained prophet. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, you should not disrespect such a person who is chosen to preach to you. And say that he's too young. He's too this. He's too young. Hallelujah. They may not do things like older people. They may not talk like an older person. Do you understand? Their behavior may not even be like an older person. They will not do things as older people and mature people expect of someone in that caliber, they may not do things like that, but that does not change the fact that this person is an ordained prophet, sanctified by God. Amen. Amen. And the reason why you are seeing the person as not old and not fit in that position and not acting like an older person and not acting like a mature person and not speaking like a mature person and his examples are not mature and this is not mature and not old is because you are using man's criteria and this is not the call of man. This is a call of God. And as far as God is concerned, even before this person was born, he was sanctified and ordained a prophet. Hallelujah. I hope you understand what I'm sharing with you. You should not exclude people and disrespect people and despise people because they are young. You should not. You are despising something that is very special to God. Something that is very precious to God. Amen. Young people are very attracted to God. Amen. Young people are very attracted to God. So he says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. A prophet unto the nations. The next verse, he says, then said I, ah, Lord God. Ah, Lord God. Let's be serious. Look at the people that are in the church. These 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds and 35, 40-year-olds, me? Oh, ah, Lord God. Let's be serious. He says, ah, Lord God. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I am a child. I am a child. And God is saying, as a child, I sanctified you. 
As a child, I ordain you a prophet. But you see, even you yourself, you are feeling a child, you are, you are feeling as a child, and you are feeling too, too young for this work because you are going by the criteria, the eyes that are looking at you, the sizes that are around you, the ages that are around you, the people that are around you, and it is not a call of man, it is a call of God. Hallelujah. And by the call of man, you look too much of a child. You are too immature for this work. But he says, I have called you. And I sanctified you even before you were born. And I ordain you a prophet. Hallelujah. Our time is up. Let us pause here and we will continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and let us bring. Before you were born. Oh Lord God, we are grateful and we are thankful. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Father. That you have included us. You have included us. Lord, that you have included us in this great call. You have included us, Lord. You have included us. You have included us. Oh, Lord. We are grateful. We are thankful. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. That even as we have failed, you have called us. In our failure, Lord, you have called us. In our unworthiness, you have called us. In our unbelievable state, you have called us. That men do not believe in us. Men cannot believe that we have been transformed. You have called us, Lord. You have chosen us. You have selected us. Oh, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for including us in this great call. We thank you, Jesus. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for including us. Father, in our failed attempts, as young as we are, you have ordained us, sanctified us unto the nations. Unto the nations. And nations of old and young. Nations of old people and young people. Lord, you say you have ordained us. You have ordained us. Thank you, Jesus, for including young people. For including non-eloquent people. For including base people. Not mighty people. Have you chosen? People who are not who are not mighty. People who are lowly. People who are despised. Have you chosen? We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. Yes. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us to remain in our trying times when we feel despised, when we feel we have failed, when we feel rejected, when we feel excluded, when we feel that we are not part. Lord, help us. Help us. Yes. Show me.
Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Oh, what a merciful God. Whose gifts are without repentance. Father, even with all our excuses, oh God, you still include us. Father, when we have excluded ourselves, oh Lord, because of previous failed attempts, you still include us. Father, when we feel despised, you are still calling us. When we feel rejected, you are still calling us. When we feel so immature and so childish to be involved in the ministry work, you are still including us. Lord, you are so merciful and you are such a loving God. That is why we will not go by the criteria of men. We will not include ourselves because men have found us worthy. But we include ourselves because you, Jehovah, you have found us worthy. We are grateful to you, Lord. We love you for your kindness, for your goodness. We give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this evening, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Christ, and you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, you say, I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. Jesus is knocking at your door. He is at the door and he's knocking. If only you will open the door and let him in. He will come in. If you only will open the door for him. Tonight, if you want to open the door and welcome Jesus Christ into your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I feel in my heart that I'm far from God. It is between you and God. You know in your heart that you are far from God. But God's arms are stretched and he's welcoming you to the cross. He says there is so much room for you at the cross. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for calling us and making us partakers of this great kingdom. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.